Hi there, my name is Alex Faust, and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week, we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. So glad to have you guys join us today. Uh, I'm obviously joined here by Kai Han Krippendorf. First, I want to start off with just a quick quote. Uh, from Muhammad Yunus, a Nobel Peace Prize winner, who said, Kaihan shows us that with a bold idea, anyone can change the world. And he's an internationally recognized author, thought leader, battle-tested consultant, and sought-after keynote speaker. And Thinker50 has recognized Kaihan as one of the eight most influential, innovative thought leaders. What's an outthinker and where do you find these outthinkers? So, you know, I think that we've all been outthinkers, you know, in early stages in our life when we were kids and we kind of thought without constraints, we thought kind of anything was possible. And so innately, we are all outthinkers. However, in many domains of life for many people, myself included, I've been trained not to think in that kind of very open way. So um, an outthinker, we are all outthinkers, but, you know, who an outthinker is today kind of depends on what domain you think and you might be very different thinking in art, uh, but not in business or in business, but not in relationships or in relationships, but not, you know, some other domain. And so outthinking really is about thinking outside of the constraints of current thinking. And the way to access that is by thinking with different language. You were talking about how you respond to people who bring up uh, new ideas uh, in your company. Yeah. So I think, you know, the, the key is that like outthinkers don't look a particular way. They don't wear ripped jeans or have uh, black turtleneck, uh, you know, uh, wear black turtlenecks or, you know, they, 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 they reveal themselves when you give them permission to reveal themselves. So how you react to someone. So when someone shares an idea with you, let's say, and maybe it seems like an odd idea. And maybe that seems like an odd idea because the person who's sharing the idea doesn't have the context, the history, hasn't been in the industry. It seems like a naive idea. How do you respond to that, right? Do you say, well, let me tell you how the industry works, or we've tried that before, or that's the way it used to be, right? How do you you respond that way? Or do you respond with curiosity? Because maybe now what wasn't possible before now is possible. Right. So I think that's as a leader, that's what we want to do is really be aware of and conscious, present to that moment when we are responding to a new idea. And if we can manage that, then we can allow these outthinkers to start sharing more ideas. And those are going to be the ideas that are going to be the breakthrough ideas. You know, like IKEA, you know, the big thing with IKEA was the flat pack box that was proposed not by the CEO, but by an employee. 10 years after the founding, who this employee was trying to get a table in the back of someone's car and it didn't fit. So he took off the legs and he proposed to the CEO, hey, why don't we sell all of our all of our furniture that way? And if Igvar Kamprad had responded as many CEOs do, well, this is the way we do it. You know, that's not how you sell furniture. You know, IKEA might have just been another another furniture company isn't it's the largest furniture distrib- uh, retailer in the world because of how the ceo act reacted to that idea with growth and soup being a scaling up company and most of our edge community using scaling up can you talk a little bit about how the outthinker process kind of merges with scaling up and how using them together really um can create you know 10x results on the strategy side Sure. Yeah. So um, in two, two different levels, um, on your daily or weekly huddle, if you 
use ideas for 10 minutes to knock out a problem, right? Then you're constantly strategizing. Um, but over the longer term, in your three to five year priorities in the scaling up framework, you have these like five boxes. What are our strategic thrusts going to be? And rather than fill those in with what your gut sort of just tells you or what is top of mind, by going through the ideas process, you can be confident that what you're putting in there are truly strategic priorities. Right? You, 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 you can, you're not just kind of, instead of just driving your car in the direction that feels right, you've looked at all of the pathways and 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 routes to where you want to go and you've plugged into your gps the best approach the best way there right so it plugs into your three to five year priorities if we can talk a bit more about maintaining an environment that stimulates think uh, out thinking from inside an organization can you talk a little bit more about that Going back to that IKEA example, what we want to appreciate is that you as a CEO are not likely to come up with the big fourth option idea that is going to transform the business and transform the industry. It's probably going to come from your employees. And, um, and that's just historically, statistically the truth. Um, so I think Mallory is just right to be asking this. Um, so what you want to do is if you learn the ideas process, uh, I mentioned one of the five when I said, look at how you react to ideas. So you want to make sure that other people are aware of how they react to ideas and your managers, your, your team, you want to encourage them to pause and listen to how they react to ideas. That's one of the five steps in the outthinker process. The others would be look at when you set goals. Step one would be do you zoom out and imagine 10 years from now before you decide what your goal is, right? Um, in the next one would be, are you fixated on one part of the business model or there's a quick checklist you can pull out to make sure that you're not, um, that, that, that you are thinking across lots of dimensions of the business model and your people become aware of all the different dimensions of the business model. They're not, if they're in marketing, they are aware of this checklist. So they also think about pricing and they also think about processes, you know, for example. Um, and then in analyze, uh, the, the, the question is, do you spend time to think about crazy ideas? Do you have time in your agenda, in your meetings to sit with a crazy idea and try to break it down? Or do you run out of time? And so you just kind of put that in the back burner forever. Um, so, you know, uh, th those would be the, 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 the ideas process lays out these five. Um, I described four things, practices you can put in place to ensure that at least four of those conversations are being had. Do you have any tips to help people, managers, owners who are stuck in firefighting mode, especially now many feel like they're short on resources to think long-term? So three things. One is convince them that stopping to think long-term is going to save them time in the long-term because it will start compressing time. Because instead of wasting three hours on an approach that you've done before, 
that is you know of predictable but mediocre performance if you stop and think of a new way maybe you can get that three hours done in 30 minutes it's like um albert einstein said if i had 60 minutes to solve a problem and I, my life depended on it, I would spend 55 minutes figuring out what question to ask. Because when I have the right question, then I can solve it in five minutes. So convince them of the, it is a, it's time saving to stop and think long-term, if that makes sense. And the next thing is to set aside the time to do it. So you can structure time, just like you structure time to work out, you structure time to have dinner with your kids or structure time you know, to do things that are important. You know, that 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 whole um, Stephen Covey thing of like putting the rocks in and then filling the sand in, carve out the time to do think time. And then the third thing is shorten the amount of time that thinking requires. And when you learn the ideas process, you can start doing it in shorter increments of time. You can also take out that thinking and break it up into shorter conversations. So you can take, you know, what would have been like a one hour brainstorm and we can say, okay, let's do the first chapter of that in the next 15 minutes and we'll come back tomorrow and do the next one. You know, so those are the three things. It's important, carve out the time and make it require less time. What have you seen uh, from clients and, and, and things be the number one thing that gets in the way of really outthinking the competition and, and not bringing uh, fourth option ideas into an organization? Um, I think the, the, the point in the process or any thinking process where the rubber hits the road and where those fourth options often get killed off is, you know, is, is the moment where you choose what you're going to do, what you're going to put resources into. And I see that in, in sessions when I'm facilitating is people can, you know, they can lean back and have fun where they're thinking about what 10 years will look like and how to experiment with the business model, brainstorm ideas. But when it gets to the point of, okay, we've had these hundred ideas, we've narrowed it down to seven ideas. What are the five ideas that we're going to now commit to? That's when it starts getting real. And um, what's important at that point is to make sure that when you have those five things that you're going to do, that you have one of those slides to be what I call a crazy idea. It's the kind of idea that we don't know if it will work. And there are a lot of assumptions about whether it'll work. But what we're committing to do is not implement it, but we're committing to experiment with it, to work on it, to see if we can shorten the time to market, to reduce the cost to partner, to try to make the difficult thing work, right? Because that ends up being what surprises your competition. Right. That's what Netflix figured out and disrupted Blockbuster. That's what Uber figured out. That's what Airbnb figured out. There was something that seemed difficult. There wasn't wasn't clear that there was an answer for it, but they had it on their priority list so that they figured it out. And so um, so anyway, the long answer, I know. But when you get to choosing, leave one slot of your choices to something that appears to be crazy. If there's one thing you want our edge community to take away from today's conversation, uh, what would that be? This is a great opportunity in the history of the economy and of your business to think differently. And the way to think differently is to look at how you talk about strategy, what words you use. And so a real easy way to shift yourself into thinking differently and thereby leading your, your company into a different uh, trajectory is to look at 
which strategic concepts you are verbalizing when you're talking about strategy. So if you keep using the word disruption, that's great, but try another, try, try some other words. And um, that is kind of like the, um, the reins on the horse. You just will, it just, just, it'll, it'll shift your thinking and reveal new possibilities. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates, or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again, and see you next time.